started a series a couple of weeks back on our great victory that Jesus purchased for us on the cross. And we are talking primarily about the fact that when Jesus rose, he said, it's better for me to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. Amen. And you know, I, I grew up in a church where the Holy Spirit wasn't allowed in. And uh, he sat on the steps outside hoping to get in, I'm sure, many times. I don't know if some of you grew up in churches like that. I grew up in a church where they said the things of the Spirit have all passed away and God doesn't do miracles anymore. God, you know, baptism in the Holy Spirit. No, that was just for back then. We now have the Bible and that is the perfect and so we don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. Can you believe people teach that stuff? In fact, it was at one stage the most prominent teaching in the Bible Belt of America that more Americans believed that than those who believed in the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about 20, 30 years ago. Isn't that, just say, wow. The church is slowly having to catch up about the fact that the Holy Spirit is here and He still wants to work. He still wants to do the things He did in the old times, in the Bible times. And instead of sitting around the fire and going, I remember back then the Holy Spirit moved. It was just, oh, it was just amazing. And we all sit around the campfire, we'll just celebrate them old days, the good old days. We should be like every day going, wow, Holy Spirit did this today. This is so exciting. This is amazing. So, Father, I pray that you would anoint this message, anoint every testimony that he shared. But we declare as a church, we thank you for the miracles that you've done. We thank you for the many healings we've seen. We thank you for the outpouring of your spirit. Those who got touched last week and, and many who have just experienced a new refreshing of your Holy Spirit. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would make us a church who chooses to press into the miraculous, to press into the power, to press into the presence. And that we would be a church that goes beyond acts where every member is doing what you've called us to do. Amen. So last week I shared a, a you gave gave a little title it's a simple little title easy to remember it was a presentation of practical principles pertaining to passionately practicing and pursuing the presence and power of our personal parakletos amen did you all get that right everyone remembers that and for those who missed last week parakletos is the word that jesus used for the holy spirit and it defines the holy spirit as one who is called to come alongside it's two words, parakaleo. Any Greeks in our midst here today? Uh, no Greeks. Okay, well, uh, I just you might be happy if you're a Greek listening to the podcast. We learned how to say it properly. comes from two words, parakaleo. Kaleo means to call, para means to my side. In other words, the Holy Spirit is not going to push himself on you. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, have him living inside of you, but unless you call him to come alongside and aid you in everything you do, he can't move. He waits for you to invite him in. And I've seen so many Christians who are like, just God, why don't you do this? God, help. And he looks down and says, I did. I sent the helper. And so many times we're looking out and letting everything outward affect us when we should be looking in more. Every day I take the time to look inwards. I just look in and I go, thanks, Holy Spirit. What do you say about this? Someone says something negative, I hear something that, well, you know, you're not going to meet budget this month. I look inside, I say, Holy Spirit, what do you say about that? Usually he just laughs. <laughs> he loves laughing at lies. But the Holy Spirit must be our best friend. And so we spoke about baptism in the Holy Spirit last week. And I shared three points, practice prioritizing the presence of our personal parakletos. And then we spoke about perceiving the primary purpose of Pentecost, our pouring which was to go to all the people on the planet. Amen? 
And then we started last week talking about pursuing the power of our parakletos and pursuing the presence that he gives. Not presence as in his presence, but his presence as in his gifts, because Christmas is coming. How would you like some gifts this Christmas from the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm going to, I didn't finish last week's third point. I said I would finish that today. And I'm going to share a little bit, not a teaching. I'm going to share a bit of a motivation for you to catch a desire to move more in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to have testimonies. We're going to share the power of what the Holy Spirit's been doing in people's lives. There is power in testimony. And so we're going to do that today. So I don't have time to teach again on baptism in the Holy Spirit. I did say that for those who are not baptized, want to be, want to know more, I've put CDs of the power of baptisms at the back table. There's, there's only about 20 of them. So first come, first grabbed. If someone takes the last one, don't swear at them. Forgive them. We'll make another one. I've also put a handout back there on understanding the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Why should we speak in tongues? Why should we prophesy? As well as how to lead someone else in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So all of that is at the back table because we don't have time to teach on it, but we want all of you moving in it. Amen. So today uh, really builds on last week. I, if we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit today, I'm going to really be pursuing and practicing His power in terms of prophecy, performing miracles, and practicing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I want to say this, especially if you weren't here last week or if you're listening to this podcast, last week's foundation is vital before you listen to this week. So many people, when you say Holy Spirit, they just want power. We want the power. And it's like a steam train. All the power, but we don't have the tracks. And so we're just like going all over the show. We need the tracks of good doctrine. We need the tracks of an intimate knowledge and relationship and communion with the Holy Spirit. So that when the power comes, it is built on that. I have seen so many pastors around the world. I've been in meetings where I've seen miracles happen with leaders who had no relationship with the Holy Spirit. You've all heard stories of people who've been seeing the most incredible healings, and yet we're living a double life of just sexual perversion in the background. We've got to make Holy Spirit our best friend and not just see Him as a force and a power. May the force be with you. No, he's a person. In fact, I would even say this. I, when I speak to Holy Spirit about Him, I call Him Holy Spirit. I don't say the Holy Spirit. You don't say the Jesus or the Father. Well, you can say the Father, but the Holy Spirit kind of makes Him an it. I, I want to personalize Him. I say Holy Spirit, my best friend. I talk to Him like He's my best friend. He's a person with emotions. He's a person that wants to teach you not just his power or his presence, but his personality. And unless you've got his personality, you're not going to move in the power properly. How's that for a few Ps? When we try and move in the power without the, the actual presence of the Holy Spirit, without him showing us his nature, then we will find that there are people who prophesy things that are harmful to you, even if they're true. I've heard people prophesy publicly shaming people for their sins. And they were right, they were spot on, they were accurate, but it wasn't truth because truth is a spirit and the Holy Spirit never does that to people. So when we prophesy, we call forth gold. We don't look at the other stuff. God looks at the gold. And so when we, when we look at the things of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, we must know that the greatest release of the power and the gifts comes from knowing Him intimately, 
comes from what he put in Jesus that drove him. Remember, Jesus gets to the shore and there's a whole bunch of people waiting for him. He's really tired and it says, but he was moved with compassion and he healed them all. You see, when I'm moved with compassion, I move in the power of the Spirit with greater effectiveness than if I am just showing off and I want fame and glory because of it. We've seen many moves of the Holy Spirit come and go. And many of them, if not most of them, were led by one or two great leaders and everyone flocked to those leaders because they got the anointing. I want to say this. Many years ago, the Lord gave me a, a vision where I experienced heaven. He spoke many things to me. And he said to me, Andrew, you are to help the church become the church I'm coming back for. And the church Jesus is coming back for is a church where it's not just one or two great people moving in the miracles. It's where every single member is moving in the miracles, where everyone is seeing it. Jesus said this in John 14, believe me, Remember he said truly, truly last week. This time he says, believe me, because people have a hard time believing this. I am in the Father and the Father is in me, which was absolute blasphemy for the Jews at the time. And he says, and if you're not going to believe that I and the Father are one, at least believe in the miracles. So when Jesus did miracles, he did miracles to show the unbelievers that he had the power and presence of God in him. If we are not doing miracles... Can I just pose this to you? All the theological discussions, all the 702 call-ins when it comes to religious conversations, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And it's not a religion, but I, if we don't have signs, wonders, and miracles, then I think it might as well just be. I, you know, if it's all just teaching and we never experience the presence and power of God, then what sets us apart to say that our God is real? What says our God's the only God if we're not demonstrating things that man cannot do? And Jesus said, so I tell you the truth. If you have faith in me, you will do what I've been doing, and he will even do greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Last week we heard that the reason he went to the Father was so he could send the Holy Spirit. And he said, it's better for you that I go. Now, when he says greater things, that is the word greater in measure. That means it's not just one or two, but all of you. It was all of them following Jesus everywhere, and Jesus did all the miracles. Now Jesus was saying, all 120 of you in that upper room, you're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're all going to move in miracles, signs, and wonders. Many of them didn't rise up and take that. The same Holy Spirit that did all these things in Jesus, when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit in that upper room, suddenly things happened in the book of Acts. Have any of you read through the book of Acts? Actually, I mean... Okay, how many of you have, have never, and we'll never read the book of Acts, don't put up your hand. But many of you have read the book of Acts. After reading the book of Acts on a desert island, and someone finds you and takes you back to the real world, and you go, I want to find a church, I want to see this in action, how disappointed would they be? Are you hearing? <laughs> and I'm going to talk about how we grow in these things, but I mean... When we look at what happened in Acts, you can just take a picture of that and read them. But it says, Acts 2, many wonders, many miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Acts 3, there was a man crippled from birth. And Peter and John get to him and look at him and he's begging and they say, silver and gold have I none. That is not a promise that we put on our fridges. But they said, but what we do have is in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. 
Silver and gold are not the big issue. If you got Jesus with you, you got everything you need. And that changed the whole dynamics where the entire city was now talking. And so many were added to their number because of the miracles that were taking place. Acts 4, it says, with great power, the apostles continue to testify. And the grace of the Lord was upon them to do acts of miracles. In fact, I mean, consider Peter. It says that they would line people up in the streets, line in the streets, so that Peter's shadow might fall on them. Now, I want to be like that. I, I, I want my shadow to fall on people. But I wanted to do stuff. There were, so, there were so many miracles that had to happen. They didn't have time to lay hands on everyone. Peter had to just walk like shadow, 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 healed, 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 healed. There was just an incredible anointing. Signs, wonders, miracles, things happening. Peter stands up and addresses the crowds and we see a different man moving in power wonders. But there were two other men who were not apostles. Most of Acts, the apostles did the work. There were two other men. There was Stephen, there was Philip. They were asked to look after the widows. And they were serving on tables, looking after the widows. And God anointed them as servants and said, I'm going to use you as my ministers. It says that in Acts 6, Stephen was full of God's grace and power. He did great wonders and miraculous signs. Are you hearing that? It's not just he healed or prophesied. Great wonders, miraculous signs. Signs and wonders are things God does that make you wonder. And I've seen things. I've been places where I'm just like, God, why do you do that? I've been in places where, where people have had their offering money. And one of the leaders has said, bring your money here. And the money stuck to the wall and the roof. Just stuck there. Why did you do that, God? I think he just has fun sometimes. Showing off that there are supernatural things that can happen. So afterwards, bring all your money and stick it on that screen, right? I, it's not a money message, but. And what about Philip? <laughs> he ministers to an Ethiopian eunuch, goes under, takes him down, baptizes him. As the eunuch comes up, what happens? Beam me up, Scotty. Philip disappears. Man, could I save petrol without anointing? And he just pitches up in Azotus where he carries on preaching and doing miracles. Wouldn't you love that? I have heard testimonies of God doing that with people in the last 10 years, last 10, 20 years. Uh, some of the prophetic leaders when we've been to conferences in the States have talked about times where God has done the most amazing things. One pastor, God showed him an elevator in like a vision while he was sleeping and said, step into the elevator. So he stepped into the elevator the elevator went somewhere, opened, and he stepped out, and he was in a Chinese church gathering. And he preached to the Chinese, and he thought it was a dream. Two years later, there was a conference where those Chinese people came up to him and said, thank you so much, that changed our lives. God still does these things. Dano McCullum, a great friend of ours that we're going to have here next year, he was driving, and they came around a corner on the highway and there was a huge truck block in the way and they just realized there's nothing we can do. He swerved, his car started to move off the highway and went off the edge of the bridge with the oncoming traffic coming right into them. How many of you in that moment are going to go, see you soon, Dad? <laughs> Graduation day. As they were flying off and they were going, this is it. They suddenly appeared back on the road in front of the accident, carrying on where they were going. We've got friends in Cape Town who were in a hurry to get somewhere, and they were at one place in the highway, and as they crossed the robot, they were nearly at their destination. 
God still does these things. I had a friend, I don't know, some of you remember the days when petrol places closed at five. Remember those days? You know, like cruise downhill, going down, you know, everyone sees how long they can drag the tank out. Sorry, youngsters, you will have never experienced the fun of that. <laughs> and his car got stuck in Rustenburg with no petrol and no petrol stations, and we prayed. And his car drove all the way from Rustenburg back to Florida Park on no petrol. These are signs and wonders and miracles. They're not listed in the gifts, but miracles are listed in the gifts. But if you had to say the gift of making cars drive without petrol, I've got the, you know, God can do anything. I think sometimes we limit ourselves to some list of gifts when actually there is a non-exhaustive list of anything God can do if you trust Him. Amen? Paul, in Acts, I would love this one. He looks at a sorcerer who is keeping him from sharing the message. And he says to Elymas the sorcerer, You're a child of the devil, an enemy of everything that is right. So the hand of the Lord is against you and you are going to go blind right now. How many of you would like that gift? And he turned blind. Immediately darkness came over him and he started groping about asking someone to lead him. And when they saw what happened, they believed because they were amazed at the teaching about the Lord. They weren't amazed at the teaching until they saw a miracle. I want to tell you, you're going to make evangelism a whole lot easier if we start to move in the power and presence and miraculous working of the Holy Spirit. St. Francis of Assisi, during a time when the Catholic Church was extremely wealthy, and they built these incredible cathedrals, gold-plated, everything. I've, I've seen some of them, and I stand in front of them, and I go, why is the gold still there? If this was in South Africa, there'd be no gold left. <laughs> but he's standing there and he looks and his friend who was a priest said, isn't it great that the church no longer needs to say silver and gold have I none? And St. Francis turns back and say, but can we say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk? So many churches are content about teaching this. But I want to tell you that the power of the Holy Spirit must come to confirm the message. In fact, we see that in Paul's message. He said, my message and preaching were not in wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. 1 Thessalonians, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. This salvation first announced was confirmed to us by those who heard God testified to it by signs, wonders, and miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. Are we getting the message? Signs, wonders, miracles, gifts. Let me say something about the personality of the Holy Spirit and the power. Every time you look at the gifts that are listed in Romans and Corinthians, you'll notice that these passages open with a teaching on love first. And goes into, you know, love is patient, love is kind, etc. That is the teaching on love right before he says, now he has the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And after every teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he wraps up with a teaching on the body that we are all one and members of one body. So we've got to realize that the Holy Spirit will act in an atmosphere where we are one body, working together. You can't, I have never seen lone rangers succeed for long. You can have the gifts and be a lone ranger. But if you want the fullness We've got to move in love, and we've got to move as a body. 
We've got to love one another. We've got to be in the church. We've got to fellowship together. We've got to come together. We've got to not neglect meeting together. You cannot, in fact, Carol's doing this study. Carol's in Peter Marisburg raising the dead over there at the moment. She's seen amazing things, releasing more of God. But what was I going to say, Lord? Oh, Carol's studying this, yes. That when you study the gospel, you will find that the gospel message was never get saved and pray prayer. The gospel message was always get added to a community. It doesn't say 3,000 got born again that day. It says 3,000 were added to the body that day. If people are being saved but not added to the body and not coming to church and not being in a connect group and not being knitted relationally, then in fact, you're not truly living the Christian life. Amen. Just say, yeah, yeah. Now, I know that we don't see miracles like we used to. You can read about the revivals. We can see the amazing things that God has done. But the church lost it. And 400 AD, the church was so full of heresy that it ended up being governed by man. And for a thousand years, which were called the Dark Ages, very well and aptly named, they took the Bible away. Forget about the Holy Spirit and the gifts. No one could even read the Bible. And so the church lost everything. The last 400 years has been God reestablishing and restoring. Firstly, he restored sound doctrine over those first 150, 200 years. Then he started to restore the fivefold ministry. And we've seen the fivefold ministry being restored. Firstly, the teachers, then the pastors, then the evangelists. And now we saw prophets and apostles. It's the season of apostles coming forth to be restored. It's only been in the last 80 years that we have seen baptism of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit restored in the church. There have been individuals who've operated in it here and there, been breakouts of revival. But only in the last 50 years have we started to see churches all over the world moving in baptism of the Holy Spirit and moving in the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That should encourage you because in 50 years, look what God's done. Which means what can God do in the next five years? He's accelerating the process. So if you are only seeing a headache healed today, praise God, that is a foot grown out next year. Amen. When we see God redeeming these things, we see them in pockets. You know, you see these outpourings and you see them in seasons. In my life, I've seen seasons where the Holy Spirit comes. There's anointing. Our service is just God doing amazing things. When we were in Namibia, we would just start worshiping and people would come in who weren't saved and they would fall on the ground and they, some of them would throw up as they were having demons coming out of them just while we were singing. Our ushers had buckets with them so they could clean where people had being delivered by the presence of God. No one prayed for them. We were just worshiping, bam, and they stand up free, getting healed in the presence of God. So Jesus, when he sends his disciples out, gives them a very simple matter of fact. Here's what I'd like you to do. Oh, guys, as you go, by the way, preach this message. Kingdom of heaven is near, and then all you have to do is heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you've received, freely give. Go for it. If Jesus were here today and he said, okay, I want you to go out of there and I want you to now go to where you work and I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Most of us would go, Jesus, I've never seen a healing in my life. I don't know who can relate to that. That's how I started coming out of a church where the gifts weren't allowed and suddenly God putting me in front of a sick person and saying, pray for them. And so what God does is as he's restoring these things, we need to say, okay, Lord, then restore it step by step in our lives. If I'm just going to, today, pray in tongues more than I did yesterday. 
tongues is a gateway gift. It stirs up the other gifts of the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus said there might sound simple, but it's not easy. And it was easier for the disciples. Let me tell you why. Because they'd walked with Jesus and seen him do it. And if you are seeing miracles on a daily basis, it's easier for you to go, oh, that's how Jesus did it. Let me try that. Jesus touched him there and said, whoa, whoo, it happened. Because they'd seen it. They were living in it. It was easier for them to step in. But you're not seeing it. The church today is not seeing the miraculous. There's, there's like a drought of the miraculous at the moment, except for pockets around the world that, that I've visited numerous times. But God is coming back for a church where every one of us are moving in miracles. That means every one of us today has to say, okay, today I'm going to take a risk that I didn't take yesterday. Take every opportunity. Many of you know John Wimber, who was the head of the Vineyard Movement. He knew God had called him to heal, but he said there were no healings anyway. So he just started praying for the sick. He said he prayed for nearly 100 people before he saw his first one healed. But he started a healing movement. Toronto was birthed out of that. Toronto, I, I went there many times. Just people soaking in the presence of God. We spoke about soaking last week, the word baptizo, which means to soak in something till you change by nature of it. And just by people soak, things changed. I remember seeing a bunch of teenagers who all had dyslexia. They made a call. People came from all over with dyslexia. They lay on the floor for five hours, not moving. Every one of them got up, completely cured of dyslexia. Just by soaking in the presence. No one even prayed for it. You give the Lord a hand. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth, who saw more miracles than anyone I know of in the last decades, he said this, the only way I got this was by taking every opportunity and taking a risk. That's how you start. You're not going to just start moving in the miraculous because the miraculous just happens. You're going to start by taking risks. And you may fail. And then you go, thanks for teaching me, Jesus. How can I do it better next time? Amen. So if faith comes by hearing, it tells us in Revelation, they triumphed over the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their lives so much as to shrink from death. I'm going to share a couple of things from my testimony before we get the panel up here. But as I, I, I just want to say, I've seen some amazing things. I've seen signs, wonders, and miracles. I, I've seen the cloud of the Spirit come in. As a Methodist youth pastor in a church that didn't believe in the Holy Spirit, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, got back to them and said, hey, this baptism is real. Prayed, and we just prayed, 50 young people. Every one of them got baptized in the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. They'd never heard it before, never seen it before. And they just, whoa, what is this? What are we saying? This sounds like gibberish. And we, then we had to go, okay, well, let's study tongues. We had to get in a pastor from New Covenant to come and teach us. What is this that we're busy doing? Then we would have worship and people would fall on the ground and just start rolling and laughing. I'm talking 1983, 1984, way beyond, before Toronto renewal. And I was stuck to the floor, couldn't stop laughing, rolling under the pews of the Methodist church. <laughs> Parents arriving to collect their children. Hey, get from under there. I can't move. <laughs> The Holy Spirit just poured out. We just started laughing. Couldn't do anything else. We, we saw, you know, I, when we were in Namibia, we, we had no money. And every single meal was a miracle. But we saw more miracles than you could ever believe. Financial miracles. I have been in places where I've seen leaders say every single person with metal in their body stand up. And the metal disappears. X-rays before with metal, X-rays after with no metal. We have prayed for people who, we prayed for one guy, his arm was withered like this, and I, I didn't have the faith. I was like, Carol and I are praying for him, but his hand just, whoop, 
are we watching? That's cool. I've seen a lot of legs grow out. But when it's like really seriously withered, that's a little more scary. One of our guys in our Pudimarasburg church whose leg was amputated, they prayed for him for months and it grew inch by inch by inch by inch by inch over months. Slow. But that was better than not praying for him. Rather go slow. So it doesn't matter what you see. Pray for headaches first before you try and pray for amputees. Okay? Stretch your faith. It needs to be exercised. I've been in places where gold dust has come all over me and others around. Carolyn, I've been in places where we smell the perfume of Jesus as he walks into the room and, and people are just touched. We've had people who just didn't worship have come out with gold teeth. They had broken teeth or no teeth. And God gives them teeth. I have seen gold teeth like you can't believe. Why not white teeth, God? He gives them gold teeth. We had a picture here of one of the guys we prayed for. Picture of his big wide mouth. I spent a couple of months... Uh, a couple of years back in Redding, California, during the time that they were seeing the glory cloud. And I've been in meetings where there's been the glory cloud and people are just plastered. But I want to play you a video of what I was standing in. And I came home just covered in this stuff. And for nights in a row, I'd be the first one. I'm like, Jesus, where are you going to appear? And I'd get there. And this cloud of the Holy Spirit was like glitter that floats around. It would just appear somewhere and it would move around the whole hall touching people. I had a jacket and shoes covered in the stuff, and this glitter literally would just appear during worship. Any of you want to see it? That's what it looked like. I stood under that, and that glory cloud appeared for months, and then it went. Why did it went? I want to say this. So, so many people want the spectacular. So many people want that really awesome, miraculous stuff. But I want to say, even though I've been and experienced all those, I've experienced and been in places like that, it's the day-to-day -day walking and talking with the Holy Spirit. It's the praying for a colleague who has a headache. It is the trusting God for a miracle in your own life. It is trusting God for a prophetic word for someone else. It's trusting God where you can pray for someone and, and give them encouragement in a healing of their souls these are the miracles that we should be doing every day that will make a difference. Glory clouds is awesome. God shows himself. But I want to tell you, it's every single one of you taking the Holy Spirit everywhere you go that's going to change the world more. Amen. So we've got some people in the church who have some testimonies and won't they come up? This was a picture I showed last week. Tongues of fire appearing on a group, Heidi Baker in Mozambique. Now, this wasn't doctored. This was Jim Gold's mission team. Are you prepared to let other people have this and us not? We've seen this wherever we've gone. God said this to me. We've been building foundations. We've been laying the tracks. But now the presence of my power is about to come on this church. And we've, we needed the foundations. But the presence and power of God, he said to us a month ago, you're turning the corner now. And the presence and power of God is going to start to operate through and in each one of you in greater measure. So, friends, come up here, and uh, I'm going to hand over to Mike to lead the testimonies from these people. And then after their testimonies, when you hear a testimony, just go, God can do that for me. Testimony is a testimony of what God can do for you. And then we're going to pray for you afterwards. Everyone who needs a miracle, we can release miracles. You want a new tooth? Who needs a gold tooth? Whatever you need. The power of testimony, as you listen, let your faith grow. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. Can we give Pastor Andrew a round of applause? Thank you so much. Um, so much faith. So much faith. Um, 
Awesome family. We just wanted to share some uh, testimonies of people in the church just to encourage us uh, to believe God for the same. As Pastor Andrew was preaching, um, I just felt like miracles awaken our desire to meet the miracle maker. You know, didn't you feel like, man, just all these things are pointing to someone. And, and who is that person? And that's God. You know, and, and I think, you know, going back to Pastor Andrew's points, that all these signs and wonders, they lead us to the one who performs those miracles, who is God. And, and really, that's the goal. Uh, it's for us to hear this testimony so that they will lead us to the Lord and we can cry out to him for our own miracles. Uh, this is uh, Audrey Zyman, uh, an amazing lady. Uh, she is uh, Anneli's sister, been coming to the church for some time, and the Lord has been doing amazing things in her life and in her career. This is Pastor Tapelo, and uh, been a pastor in this church for as long as I can remember. Uh, great brother and friend. And uh, so I'm just going to be uh, facilitating the discussion, and they will be sharing their testimonies. But I want to start with him. Last week, Sunday, him and I were just chatting after the service. Um, I think it was the Sunday that Pastor Carol was preaching, either Pastor Carol was preaching or the Sunday that you were preaching, Pastor Andrew, which was last week, that he and uh, Stefan had an opportunity to pray for someone in the church. Uh, bro, do you just want to take us quickly through that testimony? Great. Good morning, church. Morning, my brother. Um, I think two weeks ago, Tuto walked up to me. We had a chat, and I noticed that he had a cyst on his eyelid. And um, so he told me that uh, he had already gone to see a doctor. And um, the doctor had told him that, obviously, he wanted it removed because he was, uh, when, you've, when you've got something on your eye like that, you're just feeling the load and it's in your face. And when, when you're talking to people, you just feel like they're looking at the cyst on your eye. But, um, but so he went to see a doctor, and the doctor told him that, yes, we can remove it, but... Um, you will never be able to close your, your eye. And so there will always be tears and it will be red, it will be itching. Um, and uh, I think from there he went and saw uh, a specialist. And the specialist also told him the same thing. So he came to church and uh, Stefan prayed for him. And Stefan told him that it was not from God. And at the end of the service, at the back there, we were having coffee and I was having conversation with him. And... Um, he told me the story. So I also prayed, uh, prayed for him. And um, I think the following week, I've, I'm just having a conversation with him. I'm not even aware that the cyst is not there. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and he just tells me, like, you know, after, after the prayers, uh, maybe like a day or two, he woke up in the morning and it had shrunk so much. Wow. And, wow. and I think maybe a day or two or three thereafter, it was completely gone. So only then I paid attention and I looked at it and I, I'm looking for maybe a scar or something but there was just nothing. Come so on. I don't know if he's here because it's somebody that some of you may have seen before that miracle took place but, um, but God healed him. Come on, come on. Thanks bro. Uh, uh, Adri, I'm going to go to you and I know that uh, the Lord has done so many things in fact in our discussions you didn't know which part of it to share. But I, I want you to just take us um, through just a little bit of the Lord's working in your life, primarily with regards to your career and how God has just taken you and given you multiple breakthroughs. Um, thanks, Pastor Mike. Um, 
really it's um it's a testimony about things that God has done for me in my career but actually I was thinking when I was sit I was thinking a lot about this before and I realized it's actually it's actually a love story um because God my sister always says God never wastes anything mm -hmm. you know and he's not going to waste any area of your life where he can show his love um and he can take you through so my story is I was actually I was a terrible student so <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, so so I, I was not one of those that came um, into the corporate world, you know, with flying colors and on a management program or something like that. I started um, working at a company as the supervisor for uh, four cash book clerks, and it was like the scariest thing ever. And I thought, geez, these people pay me so much money. Um <laughs> but it was actually, you know, I think I, I started with like, you know, um, but it was even from that time, I was really fortunate that God really challenged me very early in my career to, and I didn't even know I was making that decision. So um, to, to really decide what kind of a life I want to have and to decide what kind of a journey I want to have. Um, and, you know, there's some laws. Um, you know, if we, we, we will reap what we sow. You know, there's laws about sowing. So, you know, I'm not here saying that you shouldn't go and you shouldn't work hard. Right. They, you know, there's, there's you glorify God, says do everything as if unto God. Yeah. So we must work hard. We must invest well. We must be good stewards. Um, but I was so blessed earlier this morning, one of, uh, one of the uh, fellow people that prayed before and said that God makes these laws and he creates the world, but he also almost creates and have the ability to override those laws that is put put down, um, and that doesn't mean that the the truths are not truth anymore. God just adds to those truths. So I worked really hard. I was like, especially in the beginning, because coming from such a bad record as I had as a student, I had a lot to prove. So I really worked very very hard, and I was so scared of this corporate world. Um, but God really blessed me, and He started teaching me things. My career had a really slow start. <laughs> I was, I, I was uh, not at, at management level for like the first six years of my career. And then after another six years, before I became, you know, got to management, and then after another six years, I was at executive level um, at one of the big banks in South Africa. So what he taught me in that time, and actually that time was the valuable time, is that is where he teaches you for me personally, we he taught me to really trust him with things, you know, to really trust him in the day-to-day, -to, -day, to ask him for, for the, the one trick that I want to give, especially the students here, is if you go into um, the corporate world, pray for favor before every meeting. You know, God is like, I, there's so many things that, that people just liked what I was doing. They just liked what I was saying. And it really wasn't because I was so great because I went in other meetings where I thought I was so well prepared and then I kind of bombed, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Where other times where God really, um, I felt he really, he really blessed me with favor. So, and in that time, he really started speaking to me about giving um, and being faithful in my tithes and giving um, stretching myself in that area because you, you know you've got to take God and his word yeah. and, and, and I think that's the one area where we got opportunity to every Sunday make a very large prophetic gesture right, you know um, to, to, to step out and say I'm going to do this I, you know 
Um, and I, it, it really started off for me by, I think I got a bit confused and I ended up giving away my first bonus. <laughs> I really didn't plan to and I did the calculations wrong and I kind of gave away my first bonus and I was like, what did I just do? You know, <laughs> and I worked for a bank, my maths are bad. Um, but God, <laughs> but God really started teaching me there in every little thing is to kind of really start stretching myself. Um, and it was, it was really, you know, and God is so, is, is so great, gracious. Uh, then back in the day, I heard a, a sermon about giving my first fruits. And I always wanted to do that, but I never did it, you know. But God is so gracious. He works with us and he teaches us. Um, and he takes us um, through. He, as long as you get to that place where you trust him and you stretch yourself. Um, and I really started walking supernaturally with God. I, even though I got to like, you know, to executive level quite early in my life, I was 35 when I became exec, um, I never got any job I applied for. <laughs> you know, God, you know, seriously. Um, God, God, but God opened opportunities for me. And one of the big lessons that I want to encourage, especially young people in their careers, is um, I was sharing with Pastor Mike, there was often times where I would really sow, and just when this thing was going to take off, somebody else would get the promotion, mm. you know? And, and I was like, God, you know? And then God teach, taught me, and I had to protect my heart because I chose to walk supernaturally with God in this. I chose to trust God for this. So God, um, I, had to, I had to protect my heart and protect my integrity. So another tip is whenever something like that happened and I felt envious or somebody got something that I had to felt, you know, I was working for, I was deserving, I had to go and bless that person. So everybody that got promotions got flowers from me whether they were male or female. Because w it's, it's like the thing, that's a prophetic gesture. Yeah. Because by blessing somebody whose blessing you actually wanted, actually that negativity goes and you open yourself up for your own blessing. So um, then a, um, a couple of years ago, God really started challenging me about giving bigger money. Um, but, I but even before that, um, about five years ago, my dad passed away and... Um, a lot of things happening in my family, and um, my sister has got her own testimony from when she came back from the UK. But in that time, and in that time of turmoil, God opened a door for me that I didn't understand. It was a, 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 a really um, a, a role in a, in a totally different area where I had a lot more res responsibility, and it was really scary. Um, and I just say to God, God, I, I cannot do this. I, I don't have the real skills to do this. I don't have the experience to do this. And everybody else that has this job is really stressed out and they work from like ridiculous hours. And, and I, I, you know, and I just say, God, but you opened this door. So we're going to have to do this in the supernatural because the natural will kill me. Yeah. And honestly, I can say that was the time in my career that I enjoyed the most, that I was the most productive. Right. And I never stressed. But I had to protect that. I had to consciously decide every day that I was also not going to stress. But God teach, taught me that you don't need to stress and strive. Yeah. And, and the results were greater because I think I was more focused. I did the right things. God helped me, I really believe, to prioritize. And he really carried me through that, that stage. So I came off that and I thought, I am now, I've got now such capacity. I've come off this program um, and then I really struggled to integrate back into the organization coming off this program. And it was really tough because I felt like the world moved on. 
and I got like great roles. I was well rewarded, but I kind of, you know, when you feel like you're out of out of the loop, um, and and God really, but He, you know, God is so faithful with, you know, if we really trust Him in this area to work supernaturally with us, we must be okay when He closes the doors, yeah. you know. Yeah. When He closes the doors, you can't now go say, oh, you know. The devil is not giving me that, you know, <laughs> stealing that from me. You, you, must, you must decide, do I trust God or don't I? Because, you know, and I think he, he, he closed some doors for me. And for me, on an ego level, it wasn't easy, <laughs> you know, because suddenly you feel like, but, you know, this is a place where I need to get rewarded. You know, I want like little girls in white dresses throwing flowers kind of <laughs> moment. And, and you kind of like, and I'm struggling a little bit. But in that, in that. God was still providing. He was blessing me financially, supernaturally. But in that time, he started challenging me to give a lot bigger. And about two years ago, um, he really challenged me. And I, and I kind of thought, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And on like the New Year's Eve service, I just gave away my January salary. <laughs> you know? and, I, and I was like, was it God? Was it me? Was it just me? Was it God? And then I realized, you know, I'd rather give more out of my flesh and then not give when the Spirit tells me to give. And, um, you know, and then nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. And I went through that year where I felt like God's really providing for me. Um, and I'm learning new things, but I'm not, like, growing career-wise. Um, and then at the end of that year, um, God opened a whole nother door. Because he knew me. He knew me that maybe I'm not, you know, I'm a little bit risk-averse. And maybe I wasn't just going to leave my job and go do something else. Um, so I got retrenched. Wow. And that's the real testimony of God. Cause be because when other people were like stressed when we went through this process in the corporate and they were like angry and resentful, um, I went home and my sister and I was like, yay, God's opening a door. How wonderful <laughs> is this? And it was, such a, it was such a blessed experience. And I think, I w you know, I got to share more of my testi testimony through that process at the office. Then because I really... Honestly, I'm not just sitting in front of you saying that I think I had one night where I had like this oh, thing in my stomach and I thought, oh, you know, God. And God gave me a soft landing out of that. And then uh, we were also renovating the house. So I needed the time. And um, then somebody kept saying, oh, I want you to meet my boss. I want you to meet my boss. It was a project manager that worked with me. And I was like, okay, I'll go have coffee with your boss. And I walked in and we had a wonderful discussion. Um, and they offered me a consulting contract, and they were prepared to be very flexible. And God really blessed me there. And actually, during that contract, I, I kept saying, God, you know, when the blessing comes, you're going to say, this can't be right. <laughs> you know, your legalistic side is going to say, this cannot be right. There's some auditor that needs to come check up on me or something, because this can't be right. And, and, and um, th that contract's coming to end of the end of the, this um, year. And then out of the blue, somebody that knew me as a student, and then later on we knew each other, and he's also a Christian, he phoned me out of the blue, and he says, Audrey, I've got some roles, and um, I don't know if you'll move from a big corporation. I'm like, I've already moved. <laughs> 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 so we went, and we talked, and I said, but, but why did you phone me? What made you think of me? He says, no, my wife said I must phone you. And actually, the story was they were about to appoint somebody, um, and the, the person was doing the psychometric tests, and the computer went down, and she phoned, like, the HR company, and she was, like, a little bit rude. And they felt they didn't feel right with this candidate, and he was telling his wife, and she said, like, why don't you just phone Audrey? So 
So, and, and that's working out well, and I'm trusting God there to actually orchestrate um, that and bring all of that together. But I'm really just, I'm just so happy with it. Money-wise, they, they can't match exactly, you know, maybe out of the corporate world, but there's other opportunities and there's equity and there's excitement um, in that. So I'm so blessed. So I really feel that I've, uh, God really stretched me to put my faith out there and really give a lot. Um, if I can say the takeout says, but you don't have to start with that. Just start with a place that stretches you. Start with something on a Sunday and just giving a little bit more than what you're comfortable with. Um, give a little bit, um, you know, maybe f fast some other stuff in your life. And, and, and but, but God says we must taste and see that he is good. Come you on. know, and, and don't, just, don't just give. Ask God for stuff. See, look for the his provision because you can, uh, you can miss it and you can think it's you. If you don't, if you don't look for it, um, but then the the great, and this is the thing. The last couple of um, we uh, weeks that I've been thinking about and that I've been um, sharing uh, with only as well as where I thought, I really thought God stretched me to get into that thing of of giving and receiving and and giving more and having more capacity to receive, and then God taught me something um, new, and He taught me that. He blesses us, not for ourselves so that we can say, uh, you know, I gave money and God gave me money and I've got miracle money. But these things God wants us to do. And he wasn't just providing for me. He was providing for my family. He was providing for other people. He, and he's, he's starting to give me the sense of the things that I must do with that money that, I must, that must still come. It's not like I'm, I'm there. But that, that we empower, you know. And that he gives us to the body. And in Acts where it said, it freaked me out in Acts where they said they sold their property, you know, to give to each other. And, and nobody had lack. So that's what God's challenging me. And, and the last thing, Pastor Mike, then I'll stop, <laughs> is that he's really been teaching me that he pushed me to give. Not so that he can bless me. He pushed me to give so that I can take on his character as a giver. So that I can start giving without thinking. Yeah. That I can, that it becomes my character. So he pushes us to do these things that's uncomfortable and takes faith. So that our character changes. So that when the provision come and the blessing come, it doesn't corrupt us. Amen. So I really felt that that is what he's been dealing with me. And, and just this week when I was praying about this testimony, uh, he gave me that scripture of the the. the the blessing of the Lord adds no sorrow. Yeah. So my encouragement is to, and I'm not there yet. I mean, there's a lot of things. That, you know, the one thing that he taught me is to to stay humble because especially, you know, whenever you think you're all that, you fall. But it's really to, to really just say, but God, how can I change so that the, the blessing, the flow can come and I will, I will accelerate the flow and not hinder the flow? Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We prepared many more testimonies, but we'll continue with them in the second service. So if you really want to hear more testimonies, <laughs> join us for the second service. But for now, we just want to pray. And, um, and the reason why we're going to pray, Pastor Andrew's going to take us through that in, in a moment, is a combination of testimonies here. One is just your daily life, your, your something that involves your body. If there's, there's something in your body that you need healing for, or something in your career, or... Uh, there's, just, there's just so much faith and God is able to do exactly what you're going to ask him for. Amen. And so Pastor Andrew is going to take us through that. 
But thank you guys. Can we give them a round of encouragement? Thanks, guys. I, Audrey, would you mind if I asked you to stand in that corner and everyone who's trusting God for miracles in your business, workplace, breakthrough for promotion, there's something about when you've experienced something, you have authority to release it for others. And so would you mind praying for people? And I'm going to ask for a group. So wait till everyone's gathered. Otherwise, you'll be here all day and just pray for the whole group. But if you need breakthrough in your workplace, go that side with Audrey afterwards. What I want to pray over you as we close is that God is going to take every one of you the next phase. It takes us from one level of glory to the next. Some of you have never prayed for a sick person in your life. Some of you have never prayed in tongues for a few months since you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Just say, God, I'm going to pray in tongues every day. God, I'm going to look for opportunities. And so, Father, I'm asking that it wouldn't just be the few. It wouldn't just be our ministry team that are seeing miracles on a Sunday. But it would be every person here that you would show them that the same Holy Spirit lives in them. Father, I pray for opportunities this week. That they would have opportunities to get divine words of knowledge. Just prophetic words for people around them. For people they work with. I ask, Lord, that when people around them are, are battling physically. That they would have an opportunity to pray and release the presence. And that you would heal them. We're asking, Lord, cause us to be a people that are so aware of your Spirit, so led by your Spirit, that we can release your Spirit wherever we go. Lord, make us real Christians is what we really want. We want to be the church that you're coming back for. And I pray for every person here who needs a miracle. And we ask, Father, that you would release the miracle that they trust in you for, so that they would know that you are good, that you're on their side, and that you are a supernatural God. And your Spirit has not left, and your miracles have not ceased. And that we will see more and more of them as a church in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask our ministry team to come up. And we will pray for anyone who needs prayer for anything. Uh, we see lots of miracles up here. Today is not necessarily about us praying for you to get a miracle. We will pray for you. Today is about you getting a vision to start moving in it yourself. Amen. So next time someone has a need, don't bring them to the pastor. You have what it takes. Amen. Praise God. Give me a hand. Thank you, Lord. So if you need prayer, come on up. We're going to pray for you. Visitors, we'd love to see you in our gazebo and, and fellowship with you.